The B2B sales world is in turmoil. Quota attainment is down. Revenue growth is slowed. Turnover is up. All of this is in the face of ever-increasing pressure to perform. Is it a surprise that the average sales leader stays in place for only 12 to 18 months? That's barely enough time to start executing the strategy. These problems are fixable, and we are going to serve the sales leadership community with this show. I'm Lucas Price. I've launched and exited B2B startups and built elite sales organizations. Now I want to give back by bringing you this podcast, Building Elite Sales Teams. It will be full of actionable best practices to help you excel as a sales leader. We're going to burn the churn. Let's get back to winning. Building Elite Sales Teams is on. My guest today is Chip Neal, the Vice President of Sales at Abacus Technology. Chip started his career in sales at Pitney Bowes Corporation. He had leadership positions for over 12 years at Icon Office Solutions in the Southeast. He was at Boston Scientific Corporation for 20 years in multiple sales leadership roles. Chip has been married to his wife, Beth, for 29 years, and he has three adult daughters. He currently serves on the advisory board for Open Sky Health and on an advisory board for independent Presbyterian churches. Golf, travel, and exercise are his hobbies. Chip, is there anything that I missed there that that you'd like to add? No, Lucas, I think you got it all. Just happy to be here today, and thank you for this opportunity. Yeah, thanks for uh, being here as well. We're here to talk about building elite sales teams. Can you tell me what's your key advice? What's some of your key insights around the most important parts of building an elite sales team? I think it's a wonderful question. I think right off the bat, in order to build an elite sales team, you first have to find the right talent. And I think a lot of folks take that for granted. They are looking for exceptional talent, but in most cases, they're trying to find somebody that's just like themselves. And I, I'm very distinct in exactly what I'm looking for when I'm looking for talent. First thing you want to do is find great, exceptional talent. Second is you want to train them to your expectations and hold that accountability once you find that elite talent and have trained them up. And then I think the third thing that's more important is you need to get out of the way and you got to let them do what you brought them on to do is to go uh, find those opportunities, close those opportunities and help continue to build and drive your organization to the next level. When you're looking for elite sales talent, what are some of the things that you're looking for that indicates to you like, oh yeah, this is someone who's going to be going to be a great fit on my team. There's a a number of things that are extremely important. First and foremost, you want to find somebody that is smarter than you, that fills a void that maybe you didn't necessarily know you needed, but because of evaluating the talent on your team, you understand that you need that individual to, to fill that board, to round out your team. You want somebody that's going to not only work hard, that has the character integrity that you want to have, but someone that ultimately, Lucas, can sit in your chair and take over in case that opportunity arises. And hopefully you are looking for that person that can work you out of a job because all great successful leaders want somebody that's going to continue to push them, challenge not only themselves, but the team that's around them in order to help you get to the next level that you want to go, but also build the team that ultimately you want to have and be surrounded by. It sounds like some of what you're saying, correct me if I'm wrong, you 
want to hire people who are better than you. You want to hire people that are good at the things that you're not good at. It's, it seems to me that requires a certain level of self-awareness to be a, a top leader. Absolutely. Emotional intelligence is extremely important in the world of sales. So if you know when to do certain things, what to do in certain situations, and how to accomplish it, you've gotten probably 85% of sales out of the way. And I think so many times when you're evaluating sales talent, people forget to look at emotional intelligence. They forget to appreciate the individual that's in front of them and the success or failures they've had and why they had those successes and failures based on some of the challenges that they went through throughout their career. When you're evaluating a potential fit in your organization, what are some of the ways that you identify whether they have the emotional intelligence to grow and be the leaders and be the kind of person who could replace you and and succeed in the meantime as well? I'd say the number one thing that I do is I prepare for the interview process and I set up individual questions for the candidate that I'm interviewing. And that's really important. You put them in scenario situations that can allow you to see how they're going to react. And that will help you determine exactly what they're going to do in certain situations that they give out. Role playing is a lot of salespeople don't like to role play. I love to role play. I think role playing is helping you. It's practice. It's making you get better before the game. And if you have that same situation, when you set that up in an interview process and put them into a role play scenario, you'll learn a lot about that individual very quickly. Some things you may like to see, some things you may not want to see, but ultimately it'll help you make the right decision for your team. Do you have a question or a scenario that you like during the interview process for emotional intelligence? Maybe just share one or two of them with us. Yeah, I have a number of them. I think, what do they do in a situation where the candidate or the person that they're talking to is challenging their character or their integrity because of a situation that maybe has occurred? Whether it's the sales process that they're going through, maybe it's some information that they've provided for them, whether it's analytics or something else, they challenge that that individual. And sometimes when that challenge comes forth before somebody, they don't react in the way that they need to. And so I think anytime somebody challenges your character or your integrity, it really questions how they're going to react to that challenge. And based on how they react a lot of times will tell me if this is an individual that I want on my team. That's a great one. I have a similar question that I sometimes use when I'm thinking about emotional intelligence, just to share some ideas with our listeners out there, which is tell me about a specific time when you met someone and they initially seemed to not trust you. So you're looking for, are they perceiving how other people are responding to them emotionally? And then what do they do about it? How do they change the perception? How do they go about building relationships with those people? So that's a question I like to use. Part of emotional intelligence is understanding your own emotions and the emotions in other people, and then coming up with a game plan around how to change the emotions when necessary. No, I love that. And thank you for sharing that because that, that brings the personal side, not just the professional side in. And I think we can all learn from that and use that both personally and professionally. A lot of the key advice that you gave us when we went back to the very first question 
Maybe all of it was related to the talent side of the equation. Why is the talent side important? You could have mentioned like having the right sales tools or representing the right product or all of these external things, but you pointed internally to the person themselves in terms of what's important about building an elite sales team. Why is that the most important item or one of the most important items? And how did you discover that was the thing that mattered? I think the number one reason why talent is so important is just like with anything else. Sports teams, for instance, you can have a, a person who will work hard, who you can train him or her on your plays all day long. But if they don't have the talent to be able to go out and execute those plays that you've given them or the tool that you've uh, allowed them to use, unfortunately, in most cases, they're going to come up short. There is nothing that can take away from somebody's pure talent. I love the stories like Rudy. I love people that uh, go above and beyond their talent. And I'm not saying by any means that those folks aren't out there. But I think when you're talking to individuals, what are they looking for? Whether it's a, a coach or in a, in a business situation, they're looking for the most talented individual. And that talent sometimes is God-given, sometimes it's not. Maybe it's talent because of the trials and tribulations that they've gone through that have allowed them to get more talented in their field because of the things that they've gone through. So I, I think it's extremely important to have talent. And I think ultimately, when, when you're trying to build your sales teams, you want the best individuals that are the most well-rounded from a talent perspective as you can get on your team. Is that something that's always been part of your equation? How, how did you discover that this is what you're really looking for when you build a, an elite sales organization? I like to tell folks, that because I've been in sales leadership for, or sales or sales leadership for 35 years, I'd like to say that I've never made a mistake, but I've probably made more mistakes than I would want anybody to make. And unfortunately, one of the mistakes I made is I allowed the interview process to touch my heart strings with certain situations. I saw that individual had so much desire and they wanted to be successful. And I really wanted to be there for them. And I've tried in multiple cases. And some people, yes, I've been able to coach up, but I don't think you can ever take away from if the individual has the right foundation. That's just something that is is a lot easier for individuals to to build upon than somebody that maybe the, the right person, just the wrong job. Yeah. And I think, unfortunately, that happens a lot of times too, Lucas, is we have the right person in front of us. It's just not the right job that we're trying to hire them for. And we owe it to the candidate as much as we owe it to our team, as much as we owe it to ourselves to help that individual find what's best for them. Because we ultimately want what's best for anybody that we have the honor to, to interview on any given day. Unfortunately, I've had situations where I hired because I felt so strongly about an individual just because I liked them so much. But I was not doing them justice by putting them in a role that unfortunately they were going to fail in. I imagine in that situation, you're then trying to be the heroic manager and try doing everything you can to help them succeed. But really... 
you're not helping them because you put them in a job where they're not well suited to. Sometimes the nice thing is to say no to someone or you're better off saying no to someone than giving them a role that's not going to be a good fit for them. I'm so glad you said that because it's not just on one side, it's on the other side too. I've had individuals that honestly were more qualified than what the position I was hiring for. And I was, I would have done them an injustice if I would have put them in a role that, frankly, they were more qualified for the role than what I was uh, setting up for. And I've had that situation. I've had those conversations with individuals and told them, you are just too incredibly uh, talented to be stepping into this role that I have right now. And I've tried to help them find the proper role for them. So it's it's not just a person that, hey, thinks they want to be a salesperson and you're trying to fit a, a round peg in a square hole. It's also on the other side where people are exceptionally talented and your position is not right for them. You got to let that bird fly. You got to let them go as much as you want them on your team. You just are not doing yourself an injustice or the candidate in that perspective. When you think about an upcoming sales leader or upcoming sales manager who's taking your advice to heart and thinking, all right, identifying the talent, building the right talent is the most important part of my job as a sales leader. How do you enact that in your organization? What are the things that person should keep in mind in order to identify and hire the right people and be really successful around building a a high-performing team? First off, they should challenge their standard, okay? Every day, I try to challenge the standard that I've set, whether it's recruiting, hiring, training, those expectations, are they the best and the highest quality standards that we can set out? So I would challenge that whatever their standard is, continue to ask themselves, is this the best that, that we can do, first and foremost? Secondly, they got to be tough on the process. And we talk about processes all the time, but it is so easy, Lucas, to settle, especially when you, gosh, you need some salespeople, you got a couple of open positions and, oh my God, I just need to get somebody in those positions. Do not allow yourself to do that. Do not settle. As I've said before, if it takes seven interviews to get to the right candidate, go the seven interviews. Go eight if you need to. Do not settle. Continue to challenge yourself on that because that process, once you get out of the line of the process that you have set up, unfortunately, you're setting yourself up and your team up. And great sales teams do not want to have people on their team that are not challenging them to be better than they are. You can't allow yourself to fall in in the trap, the love, whatever you want to call it with a candidate, just because they have qualifications that are like you. If you're really looking to build an elite sales team, it should be made up of uniqueness in different areas. Great sales teams are like great sports teams. They're made up of individuals that do certain things really well. And those individuals come together to form a unity and a team that's unmatched by anybody else. So do not allow yourself, just because you're looking across the table or the Zoom meeting with an individual that you think looks identical to what you're all about, don't allow yourself to fall into that trap and just hire that individual because they're a lot like you, okay? You don't need a bunch of yous on the team. You need a bunch of individuals on the team that are going to challenge you to be a better leader and to challenge this team to fly higher than they've ever flown. So really seek out that unique talent because those people 
those individuals are everywhere. And that's the other thing that I talk about all the time is that for so many years, I thought there was a certain pedigree that made a certain salesperson and it, it was formed out of this certain pedigree. And I was so incorrect. I found some of the greatest salespeople that I ever had in some of the most unbelievable different places. You can have introverts that are great salespeople. You can have people that are extremely extroverted that maybe aren't necessarily great salespeople. You can have analytical people that are dynamic salespeople. There's just not that mold that great salespeople made out of. So why are you accepting that? Seek out that uniqueness. Challenge yourself to in your standards and your processes. And when you find those great people, they'll show themselves and you'll understand and you'll feel it in your gut. This is the right individual for my team. One of the things we talk about a lot at Yardstick is that different sales positions need different levels of experience. You know, there are entry level positions where you could have career changers or early in their career. There's other positions where you will want to, them to have had certain types of sales experience in order to go into the position, maybe an enterprise position selling seven-figure deals or something like that. It's a very common to get too specific around the experience needed when you're looking at a profile for what an ideal candidate profile is and not specific enough around the traits needed. Think traits, things like emotional intelligence that we talked about before, resourcefulness, coachability. I'm encouraging our customers to be a little bit more flexible on the experience and to be a little bit more strict on the traits. Is, is that consistent with what you're talking about as well? No, absolutely. I, look, experience is fantastic. And if you have an individual that has a lot of experience and they have the success behind that experience, because realize there, you can have a lot of experience and not have the success. Yeah. That doesn't make for a, a great addition to your team. But experience is wonderful to have. But when I talk about that uniqueness, I can find it a lot of times in individuals that even don't have that experience. You talked about some of those traits. You also want to talk about things like empathy, good listening skills, the drive, the persistence, the charisma, the confidence, how they solve problems. All of these things make up. And of course, you tie all those around an unbelievably positive attitude and you can find a very exceptional uh, salesperson in those things. So there's different traits that make up great salespeople. I think that the thing that you said that really lands with me and I think your audience needs to understand is, again, don't just hire that individual because you feel like they fit a mold that you've heard makes a great salesperson. Make sure it's the person that meets your standards that you've gone through your processes in that will help raise the bar on your team because they bring that uniqueness to your team. When you've done that, I can promise you, you're going to look out at your sales team one day. You're going to see a bunch of individuals that all are exceptional in their own little way that have built this cohesiveness on the team that is unmatched by anybody that you're competing against. You said something several minutes ago that I want to go back to. You talked about challenging your standard. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? What's an example of where you challenged your standard and it helped elevate your team? Number one, I, I had an individual that I hired in Louisiana many years back. And I had, I had set up my standard to be three to four interviews. And this individual, I just didn't feel that they were the right candidate after the fourth interview. 
And it would have been very easy at that time, Lucas, to say, you know what? Yeah, he's good. I, I'm, I'm okay with this. Everything's fine. We've gone through four interviews. Thank goodness he hung in there with me. Let's bring him on. But something deep down just said, you know what? There's still a few questions you need to ask. There's still a few role plays that you need to put him in front of. There's still a, a few situations that you want to see how he's going to react. And so I took him to another interview. And then I took him to another interview. And here we are sitting at seven interviews. And I finally realized everything that I was expecting out of this individual he had. And he was prepared for the position I was going to hire him. And it was funny. He finally said, hey, we've been doing this now for seven times. You're going to offer me the job or, or not? And we laughed about it. And of course, I offered him the job. Lucas, that gentleman is probably one of the greatest salespeople I ever was associated with. And as we looked back a few years later, after he had won multiple awards with the organization and, and just reached heights I never expected, he said, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for the challenge of the interview process. I want to thank you for the challenge of the day-to-day -day training that you put me through. But more than that, I want to thank you because through your challenges of that interview process, you helped me find out a lot more about myself, to dig deeper within myself, to find out what I was capable of. And because of that, I've exceeded and excelled in this role because you you brought things out of me in the interview process that, frankly, I, I didn't know. He said, there were certain times during the process I was mad. <laughs> I was angry that we were still going through this, but I recognized that you were looking for a level of excellence that I felt like I had, but I needed you to pull that out of me through the interview process. And that individual was not only an exceptional individual talent, he was an exceptional leader. And to this day, he's an exceptional leader in the organization that he's in. And I'm just grateful and honored that I had the opportunity to be part of that. Along the same lines, when you're in a situation where you have empty seats that you need to get filled, it can be easy to convince yourself that you're not settling. How do you know whether you're convincing yourself that you're not settling or you're truly not settling? That's a really fun question. I think it is easy to take the easy way out and to settle. I think you constantly have to go back to the notes. You have to constantly go back to the interviews that you've conducted. You have to constantly look at what your team needs. And the way that you can make sure that you're not settling is you, you may have to, as a leader, step on to the front line and go out and, and help take care of that business while that opening is going. If you ever really want to challenge yourself, be running a sales team and be the super salesperson all at the same time. When you're doing that, you build the confidence to know that we're going to be okay. We're not going to be where we want to be, but we're going to be okay. We got one man down right now or one person down right now, right? And that happens in any type of organizations at any given time in, in sports teams as well. You first ask not only yourself to step in, you ask the team to step up and to help you cover in that area to make sure that I'm not pressured in, in hiring somebody because I know my team has my back and we're going to we're going to excel whether uh, we hire somebody tomorrow. It takes us a month to get them in. Secondly, you got to look at the process. You got to make sure that you are you're checking all the boxes, that you're double checking every expectation that you have for that position. You will feel it within your gut that this is the right individual. I think that's some great advice. One thing I'd add to it, part of my check on am I settling 
is this someone that I would buy from? And if the answer is no, I wouldn't want to go through a sales process with this person where I'm the buyer, then my then I think I'm probably settling here and it's a bad idea. You could reverse that too. Is the candidate settling for your position? That's when you dive in deep and you really, in your interview process, through the questions that you're asking, you want to make sure this is a marriage. And if you guys join into this marriage, they have as much skin in the game as you do. And there are a lot of people that are just trying to get a job. And I don't hire people that are just trying to get a job. I want people that are wanting a career and they want to build a career because those are the people that have a commitment level that is above and beyond the individual that's just looking to get a job. So you need to make sure in that process that you're going through, you got to make sure that this individual is completely committed to the opportunity that's before them because it's going to be tough. And as the coach of that team, you're going to challenge them. You're going to push them. You're going to make them better than they've ever been before. Are they prepared for that opportunity? As our listeners are thinking about, all right, I'm building an elite sales team. I'm really focusing on the talent. What advice would you give about avoiding mistakes? I think the first thing that they need to do is it starts all with the recruiting and the hiring. Okay. Do not accept any details that are out of line. Okay, it's the small things that really add up to the big things. If you notice within a resume or during the conversation, the first interview conversation, that this individual is not detailed, they have not put their best foot forward. Maybe they, it's a grammatical error in the resume. Maybe it's a comment that they made during the interview process. If any little detail doesn't sit right with you, you need to call a timeout. You need to really check yourself on this interview and check yourself with this individual, because if they don't have the wherewithal to have attention to detail, what makes you think when it really gets tough in the middle of a battle of a tough sales process and a long sales process that they're not going to skip a step, that they're not going to try to go around a, a certain situation? Because if, if they don't have the ability to notice those details to get a job, they're never going to have those uh, the ability to notice those details when the sales process is on the line and the opportunity is before them. The bigger the sale, the more challenging they, they become and individuals have a tendency to really get out of line on what their expectations are. And those are things that, that concern me. The other thing is too, when it comes back to the foundation that you're looking for, Lucas, there are certain things that just are non-negotiable. Character is non-negotiable. Integrity is non-negotiable. Trustworthiness is non-negotiable. The drive, the ambition, if you don't see that in that candidate, if you don't feel that they have a certain integrity and character, why do you want to bring that on to your team and be associated with that? It comes back to a lot of times people settle. They know deep down something doesn't sound right. Something doesn't smell right about this whole situation, but they gloss over it. Oh, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. It's not going to be fine. It's not. Don't allow yourself to get there. It's just like in situations where, unfortunately, as sales leaders, sometimes we have to make tough decisions. You'll be a lot worse off having somebody on your team that's not getting it done, that's causing certain situations to occur that you don't even know about. The team knows. And a lot of times they won't step up and tell you, I told you so, boss, you should have done that six months ago. You have to make that decision. You are a leader 
for a reason. And leaders make tough decisions, good, bad, or indifferent. Words of wisdom. Chip, thanks for joining us today. If our listeners want to find you online, where should they find you? LinkedIn or feel free to to go to our website, abacustechnologies.com and shoot me a quick message. I'd love to help in any way I can. Thanks, Chip. Thanks for joining us today on Building Elite Sales Teams. Please remember to give us a five-star review. And if you want more information about Yardstick, you can find us at www.yardstick.team. You can follow me or connect with me on LinkedIn by searching for Lucas Price.